Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And what I believe I found for myself, and even now since I've been a Christian, is that when I try to do it on my own, is I can never do it as good as when I'm doing it with God. And He has given us His Holy Spirit to reside within us, to guide us in what we say, in what we do, and it can be better than we could ever imagine. But often we feel like we can do it better on our own. And we just can't. And the Bible tells us that again and again and again and again. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Allow me to ask you a question. What do you think of when you hear Holy Spirit? Perhaps you think of a ghost, as in the Holy Ghost mentioned in the King James Bible. Perhaps you think of a force, like the force from Star Wars. Perhaps you think of the different gifts the Holy Spirit is said to give believers in Jesus. For most of us, the Holy Spirit is a mystery, and we're not sure who or what it is. In this sermon series, The Invisible God, we're going to seek to clarify who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit desires to do in each of our lives. We will examine the promise of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave us, the personhood of the Holy Spirit as He desires to relate to us, the power of the Holy Spirit that God desires to have come through us, and the presence of the Holy Spirit that we continually have with us. Through this study, our hope is you will be able to enter into a deeper relationship with God's Spirit that resides in you. start a sermon series today that's entitled The Invisible God. Now, The Invisible God, who do you think that's in reference to? Holy Spirit. There you go, Holy Spirit. And so we're going to begin this today, um, but before we start this sermon series and get going, digging into the scriptures, talking about the Holy Spirit, let's have a word of prayer. Uh, Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, I can't say enough of how appreciative I, I am personally, and, and I know the other, rest of the leadership here at the church is of the contributions that people make. Um, God, we just pray that you would just continue to have a hand on us and guiding us as we steward these funds well uh, for your kingdom, um, for your glory. And Lord, may we always continue to do that with integrity. And Lord, may we always do that in a way that, again, is going to be a great blessing to our community. And for what it is that took place through this Shine Through event, um, may each of these individuals there just know the love uh, of you through that gift. And may they experience it in some fashion, in some way. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right. Uh, my first year of college, I went to a school in Indiana. It was a Division II school. I played basketball there, and, um, which is a whole other story, fun story to tell. I'll tell it another day about how I actually ended up with the scholarship to play basketball there. But it was a very conservative Christian Baptist school. And I was none of those things. Um, I was not a Christian, and I certainly wasn't a Baptist. And so I was sort of trying to wade through how exactly was I supposed to navigate this, this environment that I was in. But there, it was a good environment. It was a very positive environment. It was an environment that fostered healthy behaviors and healthy habits in my life. It was also a place where I was only about an hour and a half away from my family, which was good because there was separation which was, a, which was a healthy thing, but I wasn't so far that I couldn't come home to see my mom or to see good friends of mine. And so it had a lot of great things available uh, to me. It had 
had a lot to offer me in this particular space, but I just struggled with, I just struggled with the rules. I felt like I was better than that place. I felt like I could do more on my own. It just had, seemed like I had everything backwards. I just didn't totally understand why it is that they had us doing the things that they did. And some of it I didn't quite mind, but I felt like going to chapel as much as they wanted us to go to chapel was a little, little too much. And, and again, the rules with how you interacted with people and the way you behaved and a certain standard they have, it just didn't all quite make sense to me. And it, again, it was a little backwards. It was like, it was, it was sort of like they didn't want you to have premarital sex because that would lead to dancing. I mean, they just had it sort of mixed up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's one of those deals. And, and so I, did, I just didn't love the place, and I thought I could do better on my own. And I left, and I went out to Nebraska, and I went to school there for three years at, some, at a school there. And, and Nebraska's fine, and Nebraska's just fine. I mean, that's all I'm going to give Nebraska. It's just fine. If you're from Nebraska... Praise God you made it out of there, but man, it was just fine. I'm glad you're here. Uh, it was just, it was, anyway. But it was miser. I was miserable for three years. And I realized I really can't do it all on my own. And it was hard being 13 hours away from family and my friends. And it was even, in hindsight, more difficult being in an environment in which there wasn't standards, there wasn't parameters. It was just hard to do it on my own. And I think that that is, in many cases for myself, and maybe for some of you, a good analogy for how we function with the Holy Spirit is that we, we, we try to work maybe with God's Spirit. We try to work with what it is the Scriptures teach us and how God's energy and His power is, is at work within us through His Spirit. And we, we want to do that, but then there's maybe this part of us that just feels like we can do it better on our own. And so my question for you today and really throughout this whole series is, are you trying to live your life on your own? without God's spirit guiding you. And what I think that we find, and what I believe I found for myself, and even now since I've been a Christian, is that when I try to do it on my own, is I can never do it as good as when I'm doing it with God. And he has given us his Holy Spirit to reside within us, to guide us in what we say, in what we do, and it can be better than we could ever imagine. But often we feel like we can do it better on our own. And we just can't. And the Bible tells us that again and again and again and again. Now, the, the Holy Spirit is rather difficult for us to completely understand. And one of, a few analogies that I like to use as it relates to the Holy Spirit, and specifically the Trinity, are one is this. Is if you can imagine a business, okay, and God is the owner of everything. He owns it all. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. That's what the Bible tells us. And Jesus, he's the CEO. He's the one casting the vision. He's given us the great commission to go out into the world. But then the Holy Spirit is the one running the operations. He's the COO. Jesus had to go so he could come, and now he is inside of every Christian, and he's guiding us to fulfill the mission, the vision that Jesus cast for us with the Great Commission. And in order for us to fulfill the mission, the vision that Jesus cast for us, we have to be leaning into the Holy Spirit who is guiding all of the operations that are taking place within the world, around the world. But again, we struggle because we have so many questions about who the Holy Spirit is and, and what exactly is he trying to do in our lives. And we ask questions like, well, who or what is the Holy Spirit? And I'll, I'll probably say it in the next few weeks, I might have already said it, that you call the Holy Spirit an it. And, and I get it, why, why people say that, but, 
but he's not an id, he's a person. And that's what we're talking about today, the person of the Holy Spirit. So we say, who or what is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Maybe you've heard that. What is the difference between the gifts of gifts and the fruit of the Spirit? And so we have these different types of questions. And we've all been given, just to answer this question, we've all been given a gift or at different points in times, a gift will begin to come out of us when we're leaning into the Spirit, depending on the situation and circumstance. But we're all called to have the fruit of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness. We're always meant to have those things. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. But we have a lot of questions about the Spirit, and it's hard to understand the invisible God. And one of the reasons we neglect the God and we focus the invisible God, the Holy Spirit, and we focus more on Jesus and God is because we can understand those. We can wrap our mind around those better. But as we look back to the scripture, how can we best understand the Bible, understand the Holy Spirit through the Bible? Well, there's two fundamental truths I'm gonna give you and then some, some practical things that can help us to relate and really offer, I think, maybe a fuller perspective on who the Holy Spirit is and the activity he needs to have in our lives. I mean, the Holy Spirit was a pretty big deal. Do you realize that in Acts 1, Jesus told his disciples they had been fully trained they had saw him raised from the grave. If there was ever a time for him to launch the church, it was then. And what did he tell them? He said, wait. He said, I don't want you doing this without my spirit guiding and leading you. And if that doesn't tell us that we need to have the Holy Spirit more active in our lives, then I don't know what would. Because experience isn't going to cut it. Being great mentored well isn't going to cut it. There has to be something more, and that more is God's Holy Spirit. Which is why Jesus said, I know you've seen me. I know you've heard me teach. I know you've seen the miracles I've done. I know you've even seen me raised, being raised from the grave. You've seen all of it, but I still want you to wait. Because I don't want you going forward on your own. I want you doing it with God's Spirit. And so how does the Bible describe God's spirit? Well, in the Hebrew, the word is ruach. That that equals spirit. That means spirit. Pneuma in the Greek is spirit. But the meaning, the root word of both, is breath or air or gale of wind. And what we see here is that the Bible again and again describes God's spirit as wind. That's when Jesus was trying to explain Nicodemus, God's Holy Spirit, in John chapter 3. How does he describe it? Well, See, I already called it it. It's not an it, it's a he. I told you I'd do that. Um, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from. You cannot tell where it is going. And when Jesus describes God's Holy Spirit, he describes it as being wind. And the thing about wind is this. Here's some characteristics of wind. is that it's invisible, but it's influential. 
It's non-physical, but it's present. It's unseen, but it's felt. And these are all characteristics of God's Holy Spirit. And we are uncomfortable with the Spirit, mainly because we can't control it. It's like wind. You become uncomfortable whenever the wind is strong. We were up in uh, our family. When the wind is strong, it, it, can, it can cause pain. We were in... Um, Frisco a few months back and we were out on the beach there at Lake Dillon and as we were on the beach a huge gust of wind came across and just blew all sorts of sand into my little daughter's face and from that day forward she has been terrified of wind it's 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 hilarious when you see it in the moment but it's rather inconvenient but but that's the idea is that God's spirit whenever it moves some things are going to happen you're going to feel it you're going to see a difference and that's what this series is all about, is us getting more aligned and in tune with God's Holy Spirit. The Bible then goes on in John 14, Jesus then describes, he says this about the Holy Spirit, and he describes it this way, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another, we're going to come back to this word another here in a moment, helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, and we're going to talk about that in a moment too, the spirit is a spirit of truth, he will not lead you into a lie, nor does he want to be lied to. And that is important, and we're going to come back to that. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So there's this incredible promise of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives us, that he will be with you and he will be in you. But this word another is what we've got to come back to. There's a couple versions of this word that could have been used in the Greek. One is heritos, which is another or a similar kind. And that, that would be sort of like a twin. Do we have any twins here? Anybody twins? No twins? Okay, maybe online, give a shout out if you're a twin there. But a twin, you have different variations of twins, even identical twins. But even with an identical twin, you know, they're eventually, if you're around them enough, you can see a difference. I had friends of mine in college that it literally, it took me six months to tell the difference between the two of them. But as soon as I was able to finally figure out the difference between the two of them, um, it was all, it was ended up being about the hair length and the way it went over the ears. It was really weird, but I figured it out. At any rate, you eventually can tell a difference. And that's heteros. That's another kind of similar. But when Jesus said, I'm going to send another one to you, he didn't use heteros. He used alloys, which is another of exactly the same kind. Jesus said, I know you don't want me to go. I know you want me to stay here, establish this kingdom. But if I stay here in my bodily form, guess what? I can just be here. Because that's the deal with a human being. Okay, we can just, he was fully God, but he's fully man. A human can just be in one place at a time. And Jesus is saying, when I go, I'm gonna send another who will get to be with every single one of you. He will be with you. He will be in you for all of time, all over the world. And that is what you get to look forward to. That is the uh, another that you get to look forward to. I know you don't want me to go, but I'm gonna send one better who's gonna be with you. And this is the way the Bible describes the Holy Spirit again. The Holy Spirit is described as being exactly like Jesus in the Bible. He's exactly like Jesus. And all of his love and all of his grace and all of his compassion, that's why the fruit of the Spirit ought to be coming out of us. But we get confused with the Holy Spirit. And some of it has to do with the way the Spirit plays itself out in our churches. And that's, the Bible tells us that, the, that the God's Spirit ought to bring unity. But what we're finding, have been finding, especially in places like Africa, is that actually it's God's Holy Spirit and it's the gifts of the Spirit that have become incredibly divisive in the church. And this is how we can approach God's Holy Spirit, is we can see him as this unwelcome relative. You know, we know he's a part of the family, 
We know that she's a part of the family, but we also know that when they come to the 4th of July party, we really don't want to talk to them too much. You know, we, we'll, we'll invite them. We're glad they're there. But you know, if you start talking to them a little bit too much, they're going to get excited. It, because you know that they're going to start talking about politics. They're going to start talking about religion. They're going to start talking about whatever theory or thing or whatever it is. They're going to get excited about it. And when they get excited, everybody else gets excited. So, so this relative, we, we approach the Holy Spirit a little bit like this in our churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, we, we want you to be here, but we, but we can't really engage you that much because you might start getting people excited, okay? And then there's this other end of the spectrum with the Holy Spirit, that he's the star of the show. And I, have, you, have any of you ever been to a church where you know the Holy Spirit, he's the star of the show? Yes, some of you have been there, and it is exciting. It's, it's incredible. And there are flags waving, and there are horns blowing, and it, it's, a, it's unbelievable. It's an, it is an experience. You should try this out. You should go to a church like that from time to time just to see it. But there also seems like there's a little bit of a disproportionate emphasis on the Holy Spirit, and he is the star to the point where you're sort of like, well, where's Jesus, where's God, where's the Bible? And some of that gets lost. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's all about that. And you have people getting slain in the spirits and you have people speaking in tongues and, and it just goes on. And I'm not saying all that's bad or off. And that's another sermon for another day. We may even get to, into that over the next few weeks. But what I am saying is there's this unhealthy emphasis that ends up pushing the Holy Spirit to the point where he's the star of the show. But really, whenever you look at the Bible, there's a road down the middle that we're called to have a view of the, of the Holy Spirit. And he is a friend through life's journeys. And that's really how Jesus describes him. And I think that that's a healthy way for us to understand him. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Again, coming back to another analogy for the Trinity that I think is helpful for you is I'm one person, but I'm three. Well, what am I talking about? Well, some of you are the same. You see, this is a way to look at it is with um, my kids, I'm a father. With my wife, or I'm her spouse. And with all of you, I'm your friend. And that's how the Trinity plays out is that God, he is our father, and it's a little weird if you're a guy, but yes, Jesus is your, is your, uh, your groom, your, your spouse. He is the, we are the bride of Christ. That's where I'm getting at with that. We're the bride of Christ. And then the Holy Spirit is meant to be our friend. Jesus said these words, I'm gonna give you two variations of it. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. 
The helper is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him, but you will know him because he remains with you and will be in you. And so you see another helper, another helper, another variation of this. This translated a few different ways. Here's the message version. I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. And this friend is the spirit of truth. And you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. And so you have a friend who's the Holy Spirit. And we need to relate to him in that way. And that's why today's sermon, the title was The Person of the Holy Spirit. He's not a force, Um, it's, it's not an it, it's not an animal, it's not even a ghost. That he is God's Holy Spirit. He is a person who we can relate to and connect to, but it's hard to relate to him sometimes. It's kind of like this guy. This is how I look. Peyton Manning, former quarterback for the Denver Broncos. This guy, he's won two Super Bowls, five NFL MVPs, not to mention thrown thousands and thousands of yards, hundreds of touchdowns, and he won Super Bowl 50 for the Denver Broncos. I mean, incredible what it is that he has accomplished. I cannot relate to any of that with him. None of it. But this past year, I was, this summer, I was at a, I was helping do some little bit of coaching with my son's football team. And uh, when I say a little, I was doing a little bit. I was just helping a little bit. And so I'm helping him, I'm helping the team, and I'm helping him, and I'm helping what's going on there. And our game starts, and so as our game starts, I, I hear this voice behind me, and I look around, and at the field next to me is Peyton Manning. And he's over there coaching up his kids, and he's warming them up, getting them ready, going through different drills. And I'm thinking, oh, man, well, he's doing what I'm doing. And he's hoping his kids win like I'm hoping my kids win. And then the games start playing out, and we're getting destroyed. And then my kid comes out, and you know how it is. Whenever your kid goes out, you kind of quit paying attention. And so... So, so he's sitting, so I start looking around and then I'm like, man, we're getting destroyed. And then I look over at Peyton Manning's team and they're getting destroyed. And this coach is just running. He is running that team into the ground, the team that they're playing. It was, I mean, I, in defense of the kids, I do think they were playing up a year. They had to be playing up a year because they were, his team was just getting obliterated. And I'm thinking, this is great. My team's getting killed. His team's getting killed. He's coaching. I'm coaching. Like we're, I mean, like we're on the same level. Like literally we are on the same playing field, right? now. Now, I know he just got inducted in the Hall of Fame, but that's all right. So we're on the same playing field. So much more relatable. But he's got some things that I'll never be able to relate to. But there's an aspect of him that I can't relate to now. And that's what this sermon is about. It's helping you to understand that there are parts of the Holy Spirit, his eternality, him, him being able to reside within all of us. I mean, there's just things about the Holy Spirit that we'll never be able to relate to. But he is a person. And there's some key things, two key Truths that I want you to hang on to today that are going to help you to understand him better as a person. There are many more, but I want, there's two things that I want us to hang on to today. The first is this. Is our relationship with the Holy Spirit is affected when we lie about the genuineness of our faith. Have you ever seen a book title from like the 18th century? I mean, they're really, really long. So that's what this is. This is like a, a point from the 18th century. It's really long. But it needs a lot of words to make the point. So what am I talking about here? When the spirit, the spirit is affected, when we lie about the genuineness of our faith. Well, the great example of this is in Acts chapter five. It's Ananias and Sapphira. And Ananias, the church is exploding. Thousands of people are being baptized. God's spirit is truly on the move. And then people are coming to the apostles and they're making contributions. 
to this church, to this movement that is taking place. And so that way people can be cared for and things can be taken care of and the church can continue to grow and God's kingdom can expand. Well, Ananias and Sapphira come to the apostles with a gift. They'd sold some land and I'm gonna read the text to you. Now a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human, to, to, to a human beings, but to God. Now, I've read that story. I've read this story I mean, hundreds of times, at least a hundred times. And, and as I've read it, what I, what I always thought is it was about the generosity. It was about the fact that they just didn't give everything to the Lord. They didn't surrender, truly surrender it all back to God. I thought it was all about the generosity. But the real issue wasn't that. The real issue was the fact that they lied, that they have lied not just to human beings, but they lied to God. They lied to the Holy Spirit. You see, it's not their generosity that was the issue. It was their sincerity that was the issue. In other words, they pretended to be more holy than they really were. Their faith wasn't really genuine. It was a fake. And so then he like literally struck them down dead. They died right after this. They're dead, they're done. And God was making a point. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.